0: Hello and welcome back to another episode, a long-awaited episode of the Tennis Fanlist Podcast. I'm your host today, I'm Marcus Alley, and joining me as always is Michael Gillett on the line as the French Open has just got underway. Are you enjoying the first couple of days' action?
1: Yeah, I am. I watched um, a lot of it yesterday, really in, in, well enjoyed enjoyed a lot of it, but um, obviously we'll go on to it, but the Andy Murray match was a very tough, tough watch. Um, but yeah, what I've seen, you know, I've enjoyed the most of it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's good to be playing on the clay. It's a bit weird uh, in September to be playing the French Open. The players are walking out in, in sort of leggings and jackets and all looking a little bit cold, which is a bit weird. But uh, I guess we're used to weird in 2020. So.
0: Yeah, definitely different to the French Open or Roland Garros as we once knew it. But, you know, we'll take it on the chin. We've been wanting tennis to come back all this time and, yeah, This is definitely one of my favourite Grand Slams, so looking forward to talking about it in this, our first podcast of the French Open 2020. So to kick off with the big news, and sadly, the star of British tennis for the last 15 years crashed out in the first round, Andy Murray. Um, absolutely battered by Stan Varenka. Um It was a good performance from Stan, it has to be said. I don't, I don't think... Um, uh, it has to. You, you know, you have to give some credit to Stan. Murray didn't just uh, give it to him on the plate. However, uh, Murray did only win six games in, in the whole match and ended up losing in straight sets. Um, for me, my personal assessment initially, I know a lot has been said about the performance and, uh, oh, is it time? Is he... Is he trying to come back when there's no point. Personally, I just think he hasn't had a lot of action on the clay. Um, obviously, it was a terrible performance, uh, just not at the level that he wants to be at, obviously. Um, however, I do think post-return uh, of tennis, Murray getting those wins over TFO, over Zverev, over Nishioka on courts, have still had him at a, a better place than he was in than before tennis has come back for me. So, it's a big setback. However, I haven't really been seeing Murray going into the latter stages of uh, main tour events on the clay course anyway. Um, so yeah, it's a setback, but it's not a not the end of the not the end of the world,
2: is is, is my assessment.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think there has been a lot said, as you say, about whether you know what does this mean for Murray. You know, should he should really stop? Blah blah blah. And yeah, I think you only have to remember I think last year it was he came and he won the European Open in Antwerp, beating very good players on the way. He had a couple of really good results um, previously, as you mentioned, especially Nishioka from two sets and a breakdown. And Nishioka is um, is not a bad player at all. Um, he had a brilliant win today, which we'll go on to talk about. Um, so yeah, I think Murray. Um, he'll be all right from this. I think the clay was always his weakest surface. I know he did make French Open final a few years ago, but he, he's, he's never really shone on the clay, on on the French clay. And I think the US Open um, environment was always going to treat him a lot better. I think, as you say, take nothing away from Stan. Stan did look really good. And I think the draw, uh, you, you could see Stan going quite far into this. He's got a potential fourth round clash with Dominic Team, And I think that could really be a, a mouthwatering match because if, if Stan turns it on then he really can win that match um, but you know, as, as good as Stan played I think most of the 128 players in the draw or 127 other players in the draw I think most of them would have beaten Murray yesterday, he really wasn't um, and he just, he said afterwards it wasn't down to injury, he just couldn't seem to hit the ball right yesterday and um, perhaps he's Struggled a bit in the conditions, um, but yeah, it's the first clay court match in about three years, I think. So, you know, it, I'm I'm not worried about this. I think Murray will come back next year, in no injury permitting, um, and uh, he he can have some success in the in the Australian swing, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Keep the faith is the message coming out of the tennis tennis podcast. And also, you've got to remember, Stan is a former French Open champion. I'm pretty sure he had a deep run there that run um, last year. might have got them to the last eight or possibly even further, of course, beat, beat Sitsapas in a memorable match, I remember, along the way. Um, On to another British disappointment, which maybe we didn't expect as much from. And I do think, overall, it was a good performance from Dan Evans against Kai Nishikori, taking it to the fifth set and losing... Um, So, he ended up losing 1-6, 6-1, 7-6, 1-6, 6-4. So, winning two sets, 6-1, and then ending up losing the match can't be something that happens very often, a very topsy-turvy encounter, Um, but Nishikori, a player who struggled, um, has obviously just recovered from COVID-19 to get back into action in time for the French Open, it was a weird match. I mean, I don't expect much from Dan Evans on the clay, so I was uh, presently surprised um, yeah, pleasantly surprised to see him competing well with a former consistent top tenner and Grand Slam finalist, of course. Um, yeah, maybe one that he will sting for a while as he went into that fifth set, having won the previous 1-6-1, one, one, um, getting a bit of momentum. But yeah, it's another good showing from Dan Evans, but not quite good enough to get past the Japanese player.
1: Yeah, I watched all of this match yesterday and it was possibly one of the most bizarre tennis matches I've ever seen. Um, Evans winning the first 6-1, I just thought he's going to go on and win it easy now. But um, Evans has never won a match at the French Open. It would have been his first ever win at the French Open, um, which feels a bit weird to say. But then again, does it? He's probably, I think it's only the fifth time he's played it. Um, he's not a clay court player. I think the thing I took from this match was that it was two players who are much, much more suited to a hardcore playing on clay. The standard wasn't good. Um, I'm trying to think who initially has in the next round. I think it's Trevalier. Um I might be wrong on that, but I think it's Trevalia. And um, it, uh, I I think tre- 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 if I, I'm gonna just check now the draw before I go on to say this, but um, it is it is I, I feel that uh, yeah, it, right, it is Trevalier and and um, I, I think Chauviere, for me, is favourite to win that match. Um, Nishikori really wasn't that great. Dan Evans wasn't that great. It was a bit of a, it was a, it was a bit of a. Um, I don't really know how to describe it. It was a very odd match um, for a five setter. I probably didn't really enjoy it that much because I just didn't really feel like the quality was there. But um, you know. If- Fair play for Dan Evans. You know, Nishikori, uh, within the last two or three years, it was a really good run. I think it might have been Montecardo, um, if not one of the other clay courts. So Nishikori has had good results on clay, so fair play to Evans for taking it to five sets. But yeah, it was a bit of a weird one, and I don't think it's one that's going to live
0: in the uh, the memory books. For... So moving on to another British disappointment, and... Um... This was more of an intriguing game, I'd probably say, than the initial two that we've spoken about. And that's Johanna Conta going out in straight sets to the 16-year-old American Coco Goss. Probably the most precocious talent, most uh, fuss about an up-and-coming star in, in the whole sport at the moment. And um, against a player like Conta, she performed very well. Konta knows that she wasn't at her best, as she explained in a press conference after the match. However, you know, it was very impressive to see Coco Goff perform so well at um at the, the French Open for the first time in her career. Uh yeah, I
1: saw quite a bit of this match as well. And um I was quite um hopeful that Consa would would win this because I feel like it was the first time we've really seen Coco Goff um on a on a big clay court stage at the French Open. Obviously she made her name at Wimbledon last year. Um, So this was her first time playing the French Open. Uh, She obviously hasn't gone through juniors either. So, um, yeah, I I did think Conta being a semi-finalist, I believe last year, might have been the year before, I think it was last year, um, I thought Conta would win this. And um, she didn't play very well. She um, said in the reflection after the match that she didn't play well enough. I thought Coco Golf was good. But um, I do think Conta perhaps just performed a little bit below par. Um, Shame. they go out because, you know, it's the three big Brits going out. And then um, we've still got, I believe, Carl Edmonds play tomorrow. I can't remember who he's playing. Um, and Heather Watson is playing the French player. I think it's Ferro or Ferrer. Um So, you know, hopefully they can get through. But unfortunately, I think our, our real hope, hopefuls to go far in the slams uh, are, are gone in terms of a British point of view.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the French is usually going to be the slam where you you don't have as much hope um, for the, for the British players. Um, just moving on to a, a Brit that we we're actually quite pleased to see how he performed, particularly last week, but uh, also today didn't do too badly, and that's Liam Brody, uh, twenty six years old now, Liam Brody, and he's flirted with breaking into sort of the top one hundred fifty before in his career, and then. Fallen away has has had his uh, his battles with with mental health and the the um, the tougher side of being a professional tennis player, you'd have to say. Um, but he managed to make um, the first round of the French Open for the very first time in his career. It's the first time he successfully qualified for a Grand Slam. Has played at Wimbledon a few times, but um, due to a wild card, uh, he didn't drop a set in qualifying and beat Mark Pullman's, an impressive young. Australian player in, in in the last in the last round of that in, in in straight sets, and then yeah went out in four sets to Yuri Vesely today. Um, a player has got an ATP tour title and um, is probably better on clay than um, than he has fared on other surfaces in recent years. So it's definitely a, a positive for Brody. You know, I mean, I know. We, we've been tracking his whole career since we saw him doing well in, in the juniors um, back in the day. Now 26 and he's finally um, made his first Grand Slam, first round on merit, you could say. So it's all good vibes about Liam Brody. Hopefully he can really um, kick on and use this use this as a bit of a platform as we go into the, the rest of this year and next year.
1: Yeah, I can't say I know much about Liam Brody on a clay court, but it did sort of surprise me. I know I sent you a message a few days ago sort of saying, if someone had told me that Liam Brody was going to qualify for the French Open a couple of weeks ago, I would have sort of been a little bit surprised. Um, yeah, yeah, fair play to him. Um, and to take a set uh, off of Yuri Vesely, yeah, that's not a bad result at all. I think Vesely's not a bad play-court player himself. And um, yeah, I think re- really good for him. I think he can only take positives from this week. Um, I didn't see any of the match today, so... You know, I I don't know exactly if there were missed opportunities in it, but I'm um, I'm sure he'll just take positives from this week. And, you know we said it a lot before about the likes of sort of Liam Brodie, really promising junior, and and maybe didn't quite uh, reach what he was expected to reach. But you know, hopefully, he can take this as as a positive and just move forward. And I think he he's quite um. I think he's quite a happy-go-lucky sort of guy. I've seen him sort of interviewed quite a bit. And I think just for him to be able to, if he at some point in his career was able to make the top 100 or something, I think that he'd be really pleased with that. And I, I do think it's possible. You know, he's, he's he's only 26. He's not even in the second half of his career. A lot of players develop quite late on uh, anyway. So, you know, I, I, I think there's still a little bit of hope for him. And I think uh, this this week was just, very good for him and um, as I say I never thought he'd be qualifying for the French and I certainly didn't think he'd be giving uh, a player of the carry uh, calibre a, a, a tough match today so yeah fair play to him I think from a British point of view that's definitely the, the most positive thing to come out of this week so yeah.
0: Yeah definitely some reasons for optimism around the career going forward of Liam Brodie. Um, now just moving on I'm just going to rattle through a th- Few of the first round results um, that I've picked up. Obviously, we're um, recording this in the evening of the second day of the championships. Um, Just to run through four initially that caught the eye, and then three, three players that have surprisingly exited the tournament in the first round after we possibly had higher hopes for them than they've lived up to. Um, So I'll go go to them after, but just to rattle through these, we've got. Philip uh, Krajinovic went out to Nikola Milijevic, the world 144 today. That was in four sets. Um, so just a little shock. I, for one, definitely had Krajinovic to reach the sort of second or third round. So that was a little shock. Uh, then, also, probably the game of the day um, was Lorenzo Giustino beating Corentin Moutet of France in five sets. And then the match was over six hours. Um, Justino winning the final set, 18-16. Of course, the French Open being the final Grand Slam to not uh, go to a tie-break or some have a sort of tie-break limit in the last set like Wimbledon now has with 12-all. Um, so, yeah, just an absolutely incredible match there. Uh, Justino, World number 157. I do think he is definitely better suited to the clay looking at his, his recent results, particularly on the Challenger Tour. But, yeah, just an incredible win. He went down six love in the first set, then won two tie breaks in a row, and then lost the fourth set six two, and then yeah, somehow grinded it out eighteen sixteen in the last. Uh, another one, just another bit of a feel, good result definitely for us. The comeback of Jack Sock continues. He's at 310 in the rankings now, but he managed to get past fellow American Riley O'Pelka in straight sets today. And he'll go on to face Dominic Team in the next round, which could be interesting, obviously, after team went past Marin Cilic pretty simply. And then finally, it's just Yannick Sinner, who beat uh, David Goffin on the first day in straight sets. 7-5, 6 love 6-3 six, it was for Sinner. And just at the time of recording, I have to mention that Daniil Medvedev is currently a set and a break down against Marton Fucevic. So hold on to your hats with that one. They could be a bigger shock. But the three players that have already gone out that I'd like to hear your thoughts on, Michael. Someone that's had quite a slow start after coming back after lockdown is Gael Monfils. And he lost in four sets to Alexander Bublik of Kazakhstan, who um, slipped, kind of slipped under the radar for me, making it into the top 50s, 49 in the world now. And uh, so, yeah, he got past Monfils in four sets today. Was that much of a surprise for you?
1: I just want a, a very quick word on on Sinner, as you mentioned that result. I watched uh, that yesterday. And uh, I think I think Sinner looks really good. We'll talk about our predictions a little bit more later on, but I've actually predicted Sinner to get to the quarterfinal. Um, it's a big pick from me. I picked him to beat Zverev in the fourth round. I think that's generally based on the fact that I think an early exit from Zverev could be likely. Um, he did do very well yesterday, uh, but he had a bad start in the first set to Dennis Novak, and he came back and won it quite convincingly. So, We'll see, but Yannick Sinner did look really impressive against Goffin yesterday. I've got to say, though, Goffin, Goffin wasn't good. Uh, he said after the match that he was quite drained. Um, yeah, Goffin really wasn't that good and didn't really push Sinner. But I think something that we've had lacking from the young players who are coming up is the ability to close a match out easily. Um, quite a lot of the younger players quite often can struggle to close these matches out, but Sinner had no problems uh, beating. A very accomplished player and David Goffin, you know, a former top ten a former ATP World Tour finalist. Um so you know a very good one. sinner so, you know, Um moving on to Monfils public Um, yeah, I think you know, Monfils has not looked brilliant since the restart. I can't remember who it was who beat him um the other week. I know he had a quite a quite a heavy defeat, um the other week and um was it Hanfman? was it Yannick Hampsman yes i think i think it was Hampsman yeah i think you're right um so yeah i think um yeah I've got, it, it's a surprise but then i don't know if i, I i've got a feeling that monfrie doesn't have um a great record at the french anyway um, in fact i think french players in general don't have a great record at the french so um yeah, but I I guess yeah, fair play to public. Good win for him, and um, I think he had a he had some success the other week. I think I think he went quite deep into um either Rome or Hamburg. I'm sure he had a couple of good wins. So um, yeah, no fair play to
0: him. Yeah, and another player who's uh, disappointed us quite a lot, I'd say, in the last one to two years. It was definitely a player that I earmarked as a someone that I expected to sustain the top 10 to the level that maybe you could say Alexander Zverev or what we might go on to see an Andrei Roblev do have that kind of a year. Um, and he's fallen away slightly and he's gone out in the first round to Norbert Gombos in this tournament. That was Borna Choric. Lost 6-4, 3-6, 6-3, 6-4. So disappointment again for Chorich after we saw him go um, relatively far in the US Open, beating... Um, beating Stefanos Tsitsipas on the way, of course. So, disappointment for Chorich again. Is he a player that we're going to see regress even further before he gets better? Or, I don't know, where do we stand at the moment on Chorich? I mean, it's definitely been an awful year for him.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think think the, the US Open run did fill me with a little bit more hope for him. I think on the clay court he's probably not quite at home um, yeah I, I don't know I think it's really hard to be able to tell at the moment where we think players are like Chorich because it's just been such a weird weird year and um, I do think Gombos uh, for Chorich for when, when we were going through our predicted draws I, I did think to myself you know that is one that Chorich could lose I think Gombos isn't a bad clay court player himself Um I just, yeah, I I think, I don't think hope is lost for Chorich. I think we've, we've seen the quality that he has on a hard court. Uh, so if he can just keep up the consistency, uh, we'll keep up the performances that he showed at the US Open. I'm sure there'll be a bit more hope for him. But um, I think, yeah, like a lot of players, because um, clay court tennis is so different to hard court players, like a lot of players, Chorich was never going to be suited to these conditions. And I think, whilst it's really hard for young players to break through at, at any tournament, I think at the French, it can be a lot harder unless they've had uh, a lot of clay court practice. And, uh, you know, Yannick Sinner from Italy so presumably would have sort of grown up playing on the clay courts and got used to them. We see him not having a lot of problems uh, against Goffin, played very well the other week in Rome. And, um, but, yeah, I, I just think... You know, it's, it's a hurdle what Chorich is going to have to get over later on with on the clay court, but I'm sure he's still got uh, more to show on the hard court. But, you know, it, as you say, he has regressed quite a lot. Um But he's still got time. Still got time.
0: Yeah, just a mid-podcast update. Cameron Norrie has taken the third set to go 2-1 up against Gallon Riveros. So another bit of a pick-me-up for the British fans at the time of recording. Um, just the last player that I'd like to... Uh, highlight who's, who's gone out in the first round. He's a player that's sort of stuttered a bit where his compatriot Denis Shapovalov has, has sort of overtaken him and taken the mantle for Canada and that's Felix Auger-Aliassime. Obviously as you said in regard to Borla Chorich it has been a tough year for all tennis players especially with the, the stop-start nature that we're experiencing now um, but Auger-Aliassime definitely should have been ex- expected to beat Yoshihito Nishioka. He's a player who Made his initial inroads on the top one hundred after after form in in um, in clay court events. I think he's made a couple of finals at least on on the main tour. Um, so yeah, it was disappointment for him again going out in three sets to the Japanese player. And um, yeah, I think he definitely needs to hit the reset button and try and regroup for next season. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think. Um... But I did see a very little bit of that match, actually, only a little bit, and um, he he didn't look uh, he didn't look too strong on the clay court. I know he did have some clay court success down at challenger level, so hopefully it's just a, a one off bad day, bad performance. But um, yeah, Felix didn't look uh, that brilliant at all uh, today. And Nishio is a hard hard opponent, especially at a grand slam level. Obviously, gave Murray a very tough match at the U.S. Open. He beat Dan Evans at the Australian Open, which you know, is a, is a very big result considering the year that Dan Evans has had, which has been a really good year. Um, so yeah, the last player I just wanted to get a quick mention in uh, for uh, on the women's side, Simona Halep, um, the number one seed, um, very much the favourite going into this. Uh, I, I did catch a very little bit of the highlights. Oh no, I, I saw the highlights um, for this match and she was uh, 4-2 down in the first set to um Spanish girl Sara Sorry Bez Tormo I hope I say that right um, 70th rank she was 4-2 down Simona Halep and then she then went on to win what would it be it would be 10 games in a row to take it 6-4 6 uh, she looked very dominant and I would say looking at the women's side Simona Halep is definitely the uh, the favourite she's the number one seed um, you know Serena Williams obviously in the draw um same with Azarenka, but we've seen what Halep can do on the clay court and I, I think she's definitely my favourite for this one.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to take some performance of what Simona Halep at the moment. Um, yeah, definitely the, the, the name that sticks out um, to, to be in contention for that French Open title. Right, moving on to our predictions for the title and, yeah, just how we see the draw panning out. You want know, to join in the fun is TennisDrawChallenge.com and the group you want to join is anything is Pospisil. That's spelt like Vasek Pospisil. Um Now, so the way we usually do this is just run through our four quarterfinals and then sort of discuss if there's any shock shock people to make make it that far into the last state and uh, yeah, just how we think they're, they're going to get there. Um, so I'm just going to run through my four to start with. For me, I only really feel like there's one um, shock person, one person you'd be surprised to hear that I've got to get that far. Um, so these quarterfinals are Novak Djokovic versus Roberto Bautista. Dusan Lajevic, who is my surprise pick who. I had to beat Andre Rublev after, again, which I picked before uh, he won Hamburg against the odds beating Stefanos Tsitsipas in the final. to just continue his incredible year. So potentially I would have gone back and changed that. But, you know, maybe Rublev will be a bit tired. So I've got Dusan Lajovic to play Stefanos Tsitsipas in the second quarter final. Then I've got Diego Schwarzman in the form of his life against Dominic Thiem. And the final one is Alexander Zverev versus Rafael Nadal, who obviously smashed. Uh, actually, well, it wasn't really smashed. I think it was two breaks and then um, two sets where he only broke Eagle Grasimov once to get through the first round in straight sets today. Um, so, yeah, what what are your thoughts? What are your differences? What's your draw looking like, Michael?
1: Yeah, I've gone for quite a few differences actually. Uh, The first quarterfinal, I've got Djokovic playing Berrettini, apart from Bautista Agut. Bautista Agut is a very good shout though. You know, we we know how good he is. So, I think if Bautista Agut and Berrettini meet in the fourth round, that could be a really mouth-watering tie, um, and and really could go could go the distance that one. Um, The next quarterfinal, I've gone completely different to you, and already regretting it. I put Medvedev. Uh, to get to the quarterfinal. And it now looks like he might be crashing out to Martin Fuksovich as that is ongoing. Like, last time I checked, uh, it was a set and a break to Fuksovich. So um, that might look like a, a big long dead rubber for me. Um, but I've got Dennis Shapovalov to also be in that quarterfinal and to actually win that quarterfinal. So I've got Denis Shapovalov um, to the semi-final, which is a, big call, a very big call. Uh, but I just feel you know, there's always that one <laughs> that uh, surprises you at a Grand Slam. We had some really good results at the Italian Open the other week, beating um, Dimitrov um, and really taking Schwartzman uh, to a really tight match. who obviously beaten Dow on route uh, in in that in that tournament. Um, so yeah, I've just gone for a bit of a pump there. Probably won't happen, but uh, we'll see. Uh, the next quarter final, exactly the same. Uh, Diego Schwartzman against Dominic Team. I think they're definitely the strongest players in that. Although, to be honest, I, I could definitely see Stan Mavrinka beating Dominic Team in the fourth round. I think, as I said earlier, I think that will be um, a brilliant, brilliant fourth round match. Um, really, if they both get there and they're both playing well, then I think that could be a 50 50 match because we all know when Stan Mavrinka turns up, he can beat anyone. And uh, I think, Team. Obviously, he's come off the back of that U.S. Open um, victory, which will give him momentum. But I still do think he, you know, we have seen the vulnerability in team after success. Um, you know, the one that springs to mind is beating Federer uh, in, I think it was Indian Wells, uh, to win that uh, Masters, and then the next Masters straight away uh, went out in the first round. He's uh, gone deep now in the French, he's got to the final twice, and then the following years at Wimbledon he's gone out very early, so I, d- I do feel like th- with the pressure there is that vulnerability with the team, so that, um, I have got him to get to the quarter and in fact the semi uh, to meet Nadal, and that last quarterfinal I've got Rafa Nadal against uh, another big punt along with Shapovalov. I've got Yannick Sinner to the quarterfinal, he's really impressed me in the last few weeks, and um, I think it's very Although he did look very good against Denis Novak yesterday, um, recovering well from a, a bad start, uh, uh, so maybe you know maybe if he keeps that up, uh, he, he could go far. But I think he's got quite a tough draw. He's got a potential third-round match with Marcos uh, Marco Cecchinato, uh, who we we've seen that the French before beat Novak Djokovic. He beat Alex Dimitrov, the twenty-fifth seed, yesterday. So I think has got a very tough bit and. I fancy Sinner to make the quarterfinal. He's really impressed me in the last few weeks. Uh, but, yeah, obviously I've got Nadal to meet him in the quarter and I've got Nadal to win that.
0: Yeah, um, just another punt on me, the main shot that I've gone for, which may end up never happening, is I've got Thiago Monteiro of Brazil to reach the fourth round. I think he's just quite quite a nice side of the draw, okay? So, I, I happen to beat Basilashvili in the first round. Uh, then I've got him to beat Quentin Arlis in the second round of one of the more amazing first round ties, which was Quentin Arles versus Marcus Giron. I mean, how have we got Marin Cilic playing Dominic team and then Marcus Giron versus It's not as bad as Gaston against Jan Vier. <laughs> yeah, I mean it amazes me how it comes to that. And then I'll have him to beat Daniil Medvedev in the third round and then lose to uh can't remember who it was in the fourth. Oh, it must have been uh, it must have been uh Sitsipas or I Any- yeah, would will be livevich Laivic. Laivic, yeah so that's my shock pick of the week is tiago montero to yeah yep have his and I've, I've i've gone
1: for montero to do well as well not as well as you I've got him to beat Basil Ashbury as well I've got him to beat quentin or quentin or however you say alis uh in the second round but I've got daniel medvedev to beat him which you know at the moment with how medvedev's doing against hooks uh, we'll see, but I did, maybe if Fuchsviks speaks Medvedev, maybe he um, will cover my back a little bit, and he'll take Medvedev's path to the quarterfinal. Because Fuchsviks is a very good player, and as you say, I think that little bit of the draw is very open. There's there's quite a few players in there uh, that I I don't rate a lot of the French. Rublev obviously had that really good result in in Hamburg, but as you say, he might be a little bit tired, um, and he he has had a brilliant brilliant year. But uh, I
0: I think there's definitely still it's no guarantee. Yeah, no. And, um, uh, Martin Fujivitz, of course, has won a clay title on the call. I'm pretty sure it was, I'm going to butcher this, but, uh, gestard or G starred in, in, uh, in Switzerland, the, the clay tour- tournament, he won that. I'm not sure if it's a two, it's probably is a two fifty. but he won, but just moving on to our predictions for the final, just, to set it up and, uh, just you to keep in mind for the week and see how we get on and, I've definitely gone for a, quite a big shock and despite Michael saying he's mentally weak dis- or fragile, you know, despite Michael saying that he's inconsistent, he bottles it in the first round, that's a bit out of context but um, yeah, I've gone for Dominic team. Thiem. To... I, I, I didn't quite say that. No, yeah, misquoting there a little bit um, but I've got Dominic team to win the French Open is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I have Novak Djokovic to get to the final, but yeah, I've got team to beat Nadal in the semi-final and then Djokovic in the final and crown the most amazing month of his life, of any tennis player's life ever, potentially. And um, yeah, win the Roland Garros title. I know you've gone for a more familiar face to lift the trophy. Well,
1: you say that, Um, sort of. Um, the Tennis Fan on this podcast are both saying that nat- Rafael Nadal will not win the French Open, which you know is definitely opening us up to look a little bit stupid because Nadal is seen as the safe bet to win the French Open. I just personally feel that he hasn't played a lot this year. Um, had that loss to Schwarzman last week, which was quite an easy win for Schwartzman. Um So, yeah, I... I haven't gone with Nadal. I've gotten Nadal to get to the final, uh, to beat Team in the semi and to play Djokovic in the final. But I actually have gone for Djokovic. I think Djokovic had a bit more practice and I do think after the US Open, he might come back with a bit of vengeance. Obviously, what happened at the US Open happened, but I I don't think he'll let it affect him too negatively. Um, He's a very experienced player and I I think this might be the year that... uh, Djokovic he has beaten Nadal at the French before, of course, the year that Ravrinka won it. But I think this might be the year that um Djokovic might beat Nadal in the final. But um it's a it's a big punt. Um when Rafael Nadal wins this tournament without losing a set, you can all laugh at us because you know that probably will happen. Um but I think we like to keep it a little bit uh a little bit interesting. And yeah, I've gone for Novak Djokovic to win. French Open. I I do think also with the Djokovic pick, just very quickly, I think another reason why I went for him to win is I do think he is pretty much, again, I'm opening myself up for uh, a bit stupid here, but I do think his run to the final is quite simple. Um, The highest ranked player in his draw is Medvedev, who, as we know, could be on the the brink of a defeat here. Um, I I just don't think there's anyone in that half of the draw that could beat him. Uh, So I think Djokovic is a given to the final, whereas Nadal I don't think is. Having team on his side of the draw, um, Zverev, even Sinner, you know, um, if he turns up, we we don't, Nadal won't know a lot about him yet. So um, I I think Nadal's got a lot more dangerous players on his side. Schwarzman as well, he beat him last week. Uh, So yeah, that's partly why I've gone Djokovic. I just feel that Djokovic is a much safer bet to the final.
0: Sorry to finish off this episode of the podcast. As always, we're, it's going to be guess the player. This time it's Michael's turn to have a guess. So I've got five clues ready and uh, yeah, let's see how you get on. So the first clue, vague as always, is the player is 21 years of age.
2: Um, 21 years old.
1: Um, We'll go for... I know Rodinov, who came back from two sets down against Shardy, Uh, is 21, so I'm going to say, I can't remember what his first name is, but Rodinov.
0: Yuri Rodionov is incorrect, sadly. Uh, The second clue is that he's 13th, ranks 13th in the year-to-date rankings the race to the Nitto ATP finals.
1: Okay, Uh, so he's 21 is having a very successful year. 13th, Rublev is higher than that. I think Rublev's about fifth or sixth in the year today, I'm sure. And it might even be fourth. He's he's very high in the year today. Five, Marcus is holding up to me. So he's giving me a little cue in the fact that uh, it's not Rublev.
2: Um, hmm.
1: He, Alex de Manure could be quite high because he had a good run at the US Open and there obviously hasn't been a lot of tennis this year, so a couple of good results have uh, the ability to to really enhance
0: your position in the year today. So yeah, I'll go for Alex de Manure. That's a pretty good guess, but no, sadly, it's not Alex de Manure going out in the first round at the French, of course, to Marco Cecchinato. Uh, the third clue is just another ranking, uh, and he's world number twenty-five.
1: Felix Auger-Aliassime.
0: Incorrect. Uh, I think. Ooh, I thought I was right 21. there. Nice. No, sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: right. I'm very confident with
0: that. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not Felix, sadly, on this occasion. Fourth clue, which I think is quite quite a big one, is. In the last two tournaments before the French Open, the Hamburg, uh, Hamburg, and uh, the Rome Masters, he reached the semi-final in both tournaments.
2: I should know this. We're, We're in so much territory, right? Uh, so, so,
1: Hamburg semi-finals. He had Sizapass and Rublev in the final. I can't remember their semis.
2: Um, in Rome, you had. Oh, I forgot in Rome. Djokovic won it, right? Djokovic won Rome. Um,
1: and he beat Schwarzman in the final. Schwarzman played in the semi final. Oh, come on. Uh, 21 years old. 13th in the year today. Do you say 24th in the rankings? Um, semi-finals. Oh, um, I'm tired. I literally, this is easy. This, these clues, with these clues, I should know. Um, I went for Ugo and Bear, but I don't think it's
0: right. That's quite a good guess. I like that, actually. Uh, he's probably a uh, similar age and maybe, say, 10 places lower in both the ranks. He's done quite well, well recently as well. So. Good player. A very good player for the future. This is a player I feel like that we haven't mentioned uh, in someone that's looking very good for the future. And here's the last clue. He beat Yuchi Sugita today in straight sets, and only dropped five games in doing so, in the French Open, obviously. But just to run through these clues again, 21 years old, 13 ranked in the singles race to the ATP finals rankings year to date. He's world number 25. He got to the semi finals at Rome and Hamburg in the last month, and he only lost five games in beating Uchi Segita in straight sets today in the French Open first round.
1: I've not really been that up to date with the French today. I um, haven't I saw what CG had lost, and I remember thinking, well that's not a surprise. Um Oh for God's sake. Um come on, the Rome and Hamburg semi-finals. How am I getting this? Um who did Djokovic beat in the semi of
0: Rome? Do you want additional clues?
2: No. I should be able to get this one. <laughs> um,
0: this is in a podcast that prides itself on knowing that next up and coming players.
1: I know. This is really bad.
2: Um I'm literally I'm stunned.
1: Um I think you just have to cut guess the player out of this episode, because this is shameful. Um
0: there is a couple of additional clues I could give you. Go on, I'm gonna have to have to take an additional clue. Right. So, the first one is I'm just gonna say clay court specialist. Even though he's only 21, and he's so from, kind of guessed that he's from a pretty obscure nationality for a tennis player. Definitely in recent years, anyway.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: You know what, I'm, I think I've just put myself to too much shame. Um, 13th in the year today, 24th in the world. This isn't hard. Um,
0: I'm going to have to put you out of your misery, I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. Time violation. Here's a little bit, mm. I think you'll work it out.
2: all the words this summer <laughs> so, i know this.
1: say uh, i um Why have you got to be so rude?
2: rude.
0: Why have you got to be so rude? First name, Casper. Oh, oh. Casper Rude.
1: I'm such a... uh... To be fair, I thought he was older than 21. (laughs) Yeah. I thought Casper Rude was quite a bit older than that. Um. Yeah, that's poor from me. Very poor. Um, I'll be holding my hands up. That's my worst guest to play yet. Um, but yeah, it has kind of slipped under the radar a little bit that I haven't really thought that he'd got to the semi-finals. I should know this as a tennis podcaster. But yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Um,
0: I'll take the L. <laughs> Yeah no, uh, so yeah, that's an interesting conclusion to this episode of the Tennis Fanlist podcast. Now I've got to work out how I can not get us done for copyright if I leave that in. Um, but uh, yeah, please Twitter at Tennis Fanlist for more coverage of the French Open. In between episodes, we're going to be getting these up a bit more often than usual, probably than than our usual schedule, just as it is a Grand Slam. But um, thanks very much for joining me. Uh, enjoy. Uh, the rest of the action until we meet again, Michael.
1: Yeah, I oh, yeah, I will do. I um, Medvedev has got back into the second set, so maybe he won't go out. So I'll keep an eye on that. Thank you very much for um, what well, I say. Thank you for having me on, but it is also my podcast. But
0: yeah, I will
1: enjoy the French and I hope uh, you do too.
0: Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. Enjoy
2: the tennis.